Life Audio. Today on Talk About That, John explores his days as a youth pastor and reacts to his Christmas gift by shooting the bird. Meanwhile, I try out a new joke and ponder why certain people like pranks and others don't. Plus a conversation about what really makes for an effective sermon. Today's episode is not sponsored by Political Fights with Your Family. When you've had enough peace on earth and it's time to call Cousin Bobby a socialist while eating a turkey dinner, try Political Fights with Your Family. But first, a word from our actual sponsors. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Tis the season to be jolly, Johnny. It's talk about that. Another week. You think we take Christmas off? No, sir. We're here. Our families are furious. (laughs) We're here to teach you how to neglect all the loved ones in your life. Yes. We will be visited by three spirits just this very (laughs) evening. By the way, speaking of, and I sent something to you. Yeah. Have you watched Spirited on Apple TV Plus? No, you told me that I need to see it and that you were really, you loved it a lot. I mean, I don't know. See, here's the thing. I I, I was with, uh, I had some dinner with friends last night. Yeah, and, and they just didn't care for it that way. They much. were underwhelmed. I was so aghast. you felt like you oversold it. Well, no, but then I found out they don't like Hamilton either. Oh, you liked the whole the big production value. Yeah, of that's it. that's the thing. Like, if they don't like Hamilton, I was like, well, I didn't even know why we're friends. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like this, if I'd have known this, this would have changed everything. Yeah, it really is. So I mean, I think you see Will Ferrell on you know a billing of a movie, and you assume, oh, well, this is going to be slapstick, stupid stuff. You know. Exa- I was like I was inside your inner that was your, yeah, right there. I don't like that impression of me. But it's hurtful. Truthfully, I thought it was it was really really well written. Spirited, not a sponsor, but it was like Inception meets a comedy Christmas musical. I don't think it's like that at all. It, yeah, it was. It was like see, I don't want to give it away. Okay, don't because I'm going to watch it. I'll check it out. You and need then to watch it. I can't wait to come back. <laughs> You're going to be critical. Yeah, because you've oversold it. That's what you do. Like, you you and Dane both do that, our friend Dane. You're you're very much like, if we tell you you should like something, then you're like, you know what? I'm not going to like it. You don't even know what it is yet. Instead of being like, you know, my friend wanted to share a wonderful experience with me. Yeah. I just want to ruin it. Are there things that that are traditionally considered great pieces of art that you don't like? Or you just go along with the pack? You go, okay. Oh, so you, you tell think me, this is like a uniqueness? I want to see. I want to see what you like. Are you just like, yeah, I accept it. The Mona Lisa is beautiful. Or are you to go? I don't get it. Are there things like that? Absolutely. I don't get most visual art. Okay. Like, In that you can't see it or understand like, it. Guys, I I need new glasses. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not a. No, I would go to an art museum. Yeah. It, it's fine. I can appreciate like Jackson Pollock. If you just saw, you just go. This is a bunch of splatters. Yeah, I don't see why he's considered a genius. Is that what you would say? I do see things. That Jackson think, Pollock is on the show today. Come on in. <laughs> I do see things that I go. Yeah, I think I've seen kids in my youth group who oh, accidentally no. spilled paint. Right. Know? So I think art, it, truly beauty is in the eye of the like beholder. Like Picasso, no who was famous in his lifetime, one of the few artists that Picasso I think is pretty brilliant. The impressionist stuff. Yeah, but 
Wait, the weird is Picasso impression. He had the weird. Yeah, I think so. He had the weird eye on the side of the. I don't understand the way he drew faces. Yeah, I used to have a joke about that, and it's one of those. I call it a Venn diagram joke because you have to be adept at two things to get the joke. Right. So the Venn diagram of people who get it, it's a tiny sliver of people right in the middle. Yeah, and uh, the joke was, I think if Picasso was a football coach, he would have preferred the offset eye formation. <laughs> That's a great joke. You got to know, but you have to know football, and, and you have to know Picasso. Yeah, and that's like four people. Did you try it? Oh yeah, and did I tried it enough to be like, I got to stop trying this. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, well, maybe you could just tell them. Hey, you probably did tell them. Like, hey, there's probably a small number of people here. I, that's how I need to set it up from now on. Like, only the smart ones will get this. <laughs> and one. Everyone like, laughs like that they right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they get their theater laugh. Down yeah, below. absolutely. What is an offset eye formation yeah. slash Picasso? No, I I don't get like. There's some movies. Like I'm trying to think of some movies that you would love. Like, would you would you just be like, you're not a Star Wars hater. I love Star Wars. You love Star Wars. But, but, I, are, but it's not like a religion to you. Like some people treat Star Wars like, you ruined my childhood if they do a, a wrong move I for am you. an episode one, two, three hater. Okay. Just, you don't think I'm critical enough of anything. Johnny, uh, John, if you want to hear my critique of you, we, <laughs> we, we got an I'm, hour. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's something that's traditionally beloved <laughs> <laughs> by most people. Right. Everyone else thinks. That um, you want to go ahead and shoot down. You'd be like, you just don't know him. <laughs> like I do. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I'm trying to think. There's things I don't care for, um, like pop music. You're into now because, like you said, you talk about listening to pop music with Sadie all the time. This is the age where you should be saying they don't make good music anymore, and I like it. But you're listening to it with your daughter, and you dig it. I think that's because I'm young at heart. No, it's not. I'm bad. a little progressive. Uh, so, like the new Taylor Swift album. Yeah, have you listened to it? Mm-hmm. The, the hits, the ones that have been on radio. Like, I'm not a Taylor Swift hater. Right. Like no, I th- no, no, no. I think she's a brilliant writer. You know what? I used to be more so because I felt like her voice had not really matured and she was very pitchy in some of her live performances. So either she's got somebody pulling those notes live now or she's just kind of grown into her voice. Either way, I think she's become a way better performer now. I think she grew into it somewhat. And I also think that a lot of performers are pitchy live. Yeah. And that she Well, they're singing did, 300 days a year. That's part of it. She hate. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, like again, it's Christmas time, so it's time for this this uh, yearly, this this annual return to this debate. Yeah, but I've already heard haters of Mariah Carey, and because it's like Mariah Carey doesn't get to get older, and her voice doesn't get to change. Yeah, as the greatest, she has voice to be this of her perfect pop generation, locked in carbonite version of Mariah Carey that you remember. Now, to her haters' defense, she uh-huh. keeps going out to do the big. Like she has another Christmas special coming out. Mm-hmm. So she keeps going on New Year's Eve or whatever in the cold in a tiny dress or whatever to do it. Yeah. And I'm not sure. You think what, that has anything to do with the pitch of her voice, John? I think dress? that if, when I'm cold, right. I don't sing I don't sing well in perfect conditions. You put so, me and you used to remember that time we did that Christmas tree lighting or whatever out at the park spring. Yeah. And you were like you were like, put on this tiny dress and I was like, <laughs> I don't feel good about this. <laughs> And but like we were freezing, and it affects your voice. Like if yeah. you're sucking in cold well, air, I was nervous too, probably because Christmas carols is a whole thing. Like I have to sing Christmas carols at. Uh, so my family founded a group home when I was a little boy, right. and outreach. my brother, my Opagape Outreach Homes, and my brother still runs that program. So it's been like two years since I've come to do their Christmas party, and because of COVID. But now I'm going back. He goes, you got to come back. So it's on the 23rd, and we're going to go open. Pre- I mean, t- tons of presents for these guys. It's amazing. And, um, but I have to sing Christmas carols and Christmas carols are really hard on the guitar. Like every yeah. word is another chord change. Right. We three kings of Orient are, that's eight chords. <laughs> and so, uh, it's really crazy and, and thematic and very dramatic changes. And so I'm just not that kind of player. I just like, here, I'm just going to hold this G for a minute and sing. And so you have to learn, I have to learn these songs. I'm nervous about that even. Yeah. So if we're in the park and it's, it's our big moment, there's no way I wasn't like, nervous but then you add the cold to it yeah, yeah. i'm sure we were we we're not in good shape no in the I, outfit so give mariah carey a break like i do she remains i here's the thing here's what happened with mariah carey i think what happened with the first time that she had the little voice fail at the uh-huh. whatever parade the christmas parade where she was on the float and she kind of didn't she scold her backup dancers or something 
There was some moment where she scolded the monitor mix or something, and she came off as a diva. Then she hit a flat note. I think that's what did it. I thought it was New Year's Eve with Ryan Seacrest where she was like, can I get some hot tea or something up here, like in the middle of the song. She was obviously losing her voice oh, okay. and asking, like, can, yeah. can those of you who... You know, I Maybe I'm this, misremembering it I pay then. a bunch of money to work. Can someone please bring me a glass of water? So you can tell it's not going yeah. well. Uh, and that made her look like it. I don't know. I, I don't know. But, I, I mean, that's the thing is she is a diva. Like, she, like we coined that term in the 90s for, like, like, Celine Dion, her, yeah. a few other people. Like, they're the divas. But now diva, like, how diva, dare you be a diva? Right. But, yeah. like, we, yeah, we gave them that. Yeah, that's okay. That's why you stop wearing the dresses. It is. You were tired of all the criticism. And that brings us back full circle, doesn't it, to what this is really all about, criticizing Johnny, which just, is the name of my new podcast. I just want to lose enough weight to fit in that elf costume. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Curry gets so excited every year. Yeah, I don't um, I don't know. Well, you don't wear costumes for Christmas. You know what? I did wear a Santa hat to the party the other night just to lighten the mood, Johnny. <sighs> Just to lighten the mood, and I think it worked. <laughs> People walked in; they were immediately put at ease. Um, yeah, I'm sure. You don't think so? I think they were probably. I think they were probably thrown off by it because you're just not. I don't think you're. I think you're perceived as a really good person. I don't know if you're perceived as a really fun person. That hurts, man. You know, you don't think I'm like, like a, John's going to put on a wacky hat and join us. You don't think I'm like jocular in the eyes of my peers? Ah. Uh, I love you so much, John. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hurt you. It's true that, like, even as a youth pastor, I wasn't the game guy. Right. But I could do it, because they would make me the game guy for the whole week of camp or whatever. Did you grow up with games in your youth group? Yeah. Do you think that you think you rebelled against that? And I that? would play those games now, like the rhythm game or the pass these sticks crossed or uncrossed game. But they're... they're did you, but I'm saying, do you think, because you rebel against what you grew up with sometimes when you become a minister yourself, right. do you think that's what happened? You're like, we're going to be serious in here. We're going to get closer to God. We're not going to do this game stuff where we play chubby bunnies and a kid almost dies. That question is so good. It deserves to be covered in depth uh, <laughs> right after this short break. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. I think that perhaps you're on to something that I wanted to be the youth pastor that yeah. made the time worthwhile. Okay. But you wanted to be, oh, Captain, my Captain, but, but, but Dead really, Poet Society. You you unlocked the Bible, as it were, for these kids in a way that their other you know people had not. You wanted to be that guy. They stand on their desk for you. Maybe. I think that the, the, the truth is... Um, <laughs> It's 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 hard to say. I just don't think I was very confident. I think I'm insecure about leading the game because I know it's not my natural yeah. disposition. Now I'm a fun guy. I, I would argue this. Okay, I have a lot of fun. Yeah, but it's with words. Like so, Laura Ooh, and I word fun. <laughs> Laura and I stayed up to like one a.m. doing the jumble. Like Is that we, what you... we were watching Netflix or something. We and it was after the staff party, and like we're just laughing and talking. And yeah. like doing funny accents for because we watch 1923 came out, which is another now prequel to yeah. Yellowstone. This all sounds I'm, just raucous. I'm so not, far, I'm not endorsing <laughs> Yellowstone. It's very a lot of violence, other things, but th they do these pre you know period right. history pieces. They gotta stop naming them after years. It just makes me just immediately want to you know not that's, watch. That's what I love about it. Like, it just sounds like it's gonna be a History Channel show. It doesn't sound like it's gonna be a. It's, it's got Harrison Ford. Okay. Like, Harrison Ford. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, and, and so, but they... Who is 1923 <laughs> at this point? So they <laughs> they have this girl that, from 1883, who is supposed to be a Southerner, because Tim McGraw and Faith Hill, yeah. they're the main characters in 1883, and this is their daughter. So I don't want to give it away, but she's like the narrator. And if Laura were here today... Yeah. If you've ever watched 1883, because it is a very thick put on, it almost sounds like a Charleston Southern accent. Yeah. And it's very not what you would think 
probably of the time. It's it's a little overdone, right. probably. Yeah. And she does it to a T. Now, you try to get her to do a British accent, it's Mm-mm. worse than mine. No. But this one, like even her dad who watches the show, he'll be like, oh my gosh, like you sound exactly. Yeah. And so she'll start talking. Right. In the bed, and she can go on for like 15 minutes just saying all kinds of ridiculous things that that girl might say. Hey, let's keep this G-rated. About the stars, John. about the, the grass, <laughs> about the air, about the atmosphere. Yeah. And she does it in that accent, you know, as right. if she's aerating the show. I swear, you could put it on the show, Yeah, and it's pretty close to what they're doing. So, point is, I enjoy, yeah. I enjoy like things to think about, talk about. We did play games at the staff party. We played Family Feud, but you know what I did? You put on a mustache like Steve Harvey and... I got our resident Enneagram type seven, who the sevens, the, you know, the adventurers. Okay. You know, I got Andrew Wharton. Yeah. Who's all about it. Right. You want a game. You got him to host. So I got my older lead pastor. Right. Supposedly I'm the younger guy who was the youth pastor. But I'm like, bro, I need you to bring the fun. Like we're doing the food. We're getting everything ready. We're going to have a nice night. Can you bring the entertainment? And he, man, he shows up. Andrew's fun. They had a great time. There's yeah. no doubt about Andrew's it. Andrew's a fun guy is what you're yes, saying. And he's you fun. wish I was more like him. <sighs> I want you to be exactly what you are, but also realizing you're not that fun. <laughs> be exactly who you are and realize it's not enough. So that's pretty much the message I hear all the time. It's like, fine, John. No. Listen, I don't know. I got to be here. You're not, you're not impish, though. Like, you're not a prank. Like, I'm not a prankster either, though. People talk about pranks all the time. I think people assume that I'm a prankster because I'm a comedian. Yeah. But I, I would never even think to prank people because I feel bad for people who are being pranked. Right. I think it's because I was pranked. Yeah. Like I'd have my shoes tied together when I was on the basketball team. We'd be on the bus ride over. And then, you know, I'd kind of like nod off. And then when I'd wake up, my shoelaces would be. And I thought, why would people do this? It's just mean. It is. So I never wanted to do that to people. So when I see these, we talk about that with the prank shows. Like I get off put by it. Like yeah. you're trying to make a fool out of this person while the cameras roll. I feel bad for that person. You're monetizing it. You're monetizing their shame. So I just don't, I don't know. It's just an interesting dichotomy with you because someone who makes fun of things for a living. But I make fun of myself a lot. Right. Too. You know, and at, this, at this point, it's probably 50-50 in the show of like, I'm the idiot in most of my jokes. Well, And so, I'm I mean, the idiot in all of my jokes. Yeah, that's because... But <laughs> the other ones I just give another name to. Real life is the funniest stuff. I don't know it's what true. you want. Uh, but I think too, like my first job... Like, your first job was working for your dad. Did people prank you in the, in the mowing business? Did you all prank each other? There's no time for that. We're working. And that's right. probably why I don't do games. Yeah. You know, if you really want to get at it, it's there's all no time like, for this. It's there's all there's like work time management. Right. right. Yeah. That makes sense. Definitely, your work is uh, important I mean, to you. I mean, dad was jovial Let's and get fun into it. And, yeah. John, why do you think accomplishments... Um... <sighs> are, you still trying, one, are you still trying to please your father? You're the one on the let's, couch right now. That's true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, but here's the other thing. My first job, uh, real job, was a movie theater. They pranked you there. Yeah. They'd make up jobs right. that weren't jobs. I talk about it in my show about yeah. how they would be like, get a bucket of water. And then they would say, fill up the drinking fountains. Right. And I'd be like, what? And I go, and then somebody would do it. Somebody would always do it. They'd get somebody that was young enough that didn't know that they were automatic and they would pour five gallons of water down the drain of yeah. an automatic drinking fountain. And you'd laugh, and then they'd say, let's go turn the rocks on the roof. That was another one. You climb up on the roof. They go, it's getting too hot. we got to turn the rocks on the roof. And we'd I've never go, heard I'd that climb one. up there behind them, you know, as the older person. And they like, lock you on the roof. Well, they do that, but first you kind of, you wait for them to bend down and touch the first rock, and then we'd all just bust out laughing because they're really going to do it. Like, they think you have to turn the rocks or they'll burn through the, what, I don't know what we convinced them that it was the reason for it, but it's like a flat roof with all those rocks on it, you know? Yeah. you got to go turn those rocks. You know, I did prank in, I remember, that reminded me of something. Like so, when I was at governor's school for the humanities, which was like a thing when you're a junior, you get to, if you get picked, you get to go away to college for a month Yeah, in the summer. I like how you said, like when, you know, when you're a junior, you get to go to this thing. No, like that's it's, the point. Like, like not I'm everybody not, had your experience, John. <laughs> I'm trying to We help didn't all them. go to Hogwarts. <laughs> okay. We know you're very special. I'm saying. Okay. Imagine being a high schooler with the freedom of a college student for yeah. a whole month. It was like a year. Yeah, it's too much. And it was at UT Martin. No, no, it was amazing. Yeah. Because you, you don't get any actual grades. Uh huh. You don't have to actually work a job. Like it's like all. This the, feels like my everyday life right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like all the best parts of, of in college without any of the pressure. You know. Yeah. So we did all kind. Of, you could stay up as late as you wanted, and we had supposedly people watching us. 
Like watching you? Well, the, the adults, because we were minors. Okay. But we pretty much- Like a long, chaperone or whatever. As you were back in your dorm by the right time, we just roamed all over the Martin campus. And, yeah. You know, we did go to classes and stuff, but anyway. And so I remember I took, ever, I took a group Skype hunting. Oh, Skype hunting. Not what Skype. What did I say? Well, Skype. Skype hunting. <laughs> Skype is... hunting's like, I can't get signal. <laughs> <laughs> it was before Skype, so you was, knew you yeah. were a, yeah, man. Snipe hunting, thank you. Yeah. And I had a, I had a. This I, is I, how fun you are. You don't even know what it is. Okay. You're like, <laughs> it's what do years. we call it? Yeah. <laughs> I had a, hold on a second, still. I can't do it anymore. Uh, you, you pull those fingers together. Could, could you make this noise? No, never could. I could do the thing where you put the blade of grass in there. And you get it to little, be a little reed for you. My hands don't work. I used to, I can move my hands together and make this whistle. Yeah. And people, they seriously. They thought it was a snipe, a wild yeah, snipe. Yeah, we had like multiple groups. I organized them into multiple search parties yeah. and had them going out. Right. And they, you know, and I, we'd make noise over here and they thought they heard it, you know. So mm-hmm. that was kind of fun. Yeah. I don't I think anybody really got shamed. I remember one time anything. we were at camp uh, working on something because we would always get, we would always get pegged to do. Uh, the camp theme. Hey, take five of your days and come to the camp. And, yeah. you know, we did American Gladiators one year and I built all these sets and yep. uh, games for the kids and stuff. And I remember I was there with uh, your brother in law, Greg, and we're talking. And uh, he goes, We had kids with us, you know, like teenage kids, 13 year olds. And then one of them, Greg goes, Tell this kid that you cut the board too short and he needs to go find the board stretcher. <laughs> And I never would have thought of that. I didn't grow yeah. up like with tools and stuff. Like my dad wasn't handy. So I was just like, that's pretty good. So, I mean, I sold it. I go, yeah, uh, go over and ask John uh, for the board stretcher. It's over there in my bag. Kid goes, okay. And he just walks off. And he was gone a long time. Who was the kid? I don't remember. <laughs> but he was gone a long time. He goes, he said he left it in his other truck or whatever. <laughs> like you had, you had carried it over. You know, you didn't just go, what are you doing? Right. Oh, no. Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's as close to a prank. And it was Greg's idea. It wasn't like, oh, I'll get this kid. I just don't think that way. And again, it's my second job was even worse because it was a total, like, really macho culture. It was Home Depot. Right. So it was just just completely immersed in pranking each other. You had ex-military guys there. You had all these guys who just... It's almost like hazing. It is. It's like college hazing. And I'm new. I'm this green kid. I mean, I was homeschooled. The whole thing. I mean, I'm just... They saw me coming like beaver cleaver. So I come in and they would do horrible stuff to each other. They had one guy there who had... I can't believe he didn't quit. There's there's a thing called shrink wrap. You know, you shrink wrap things. And we had rolls of it because they would shrink wrap things to pallets and put them in the overhead. They shrink wrapped this guy to a pallet of water heaters and put him in the overhead overnight one time. No. Yes. Like lights out. And I was like, that's, that's, that's assault. assault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but they would, if you were, if it was your last day, you would come out and your car would be shrink wrapped. How did you go to the bathroom? Uh, John, uh, I don't know. Ask a NASCAR driver. <laughs> you know, you just go. Wow. And then you hope it evaporates. Wow. But anyway, they, uh, they shrink wrap your car your last day. Of a job like that, and that's a big that's a big thing. You got to cut off. your way into your car, basically. You got to take a knife and try not to cut your paint job. But uh, they just do weird things. There would be you'd walk to the break room, and there's phones all throughout, you know, to like customer service phones, right? But no one ever uses them. No one there. ever uses them. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So you would be walking, and if you hear a customer service phone ringing, you're supposed to pick it up and be like, "Hello," and they go, "Uh, there's somebody wanting a price on a water heater, or whatever." And you look up, and then Terry, and the Terry's tied to the water heater. <laughs> No, but you would have to answer it because that's kind of like they're checking on you to right. see if you're – sometimes you don't know. There's people who are like customer service. People are watching. So you'd always answer it. And so you're on the, break, on the way to your 15-minute break. You're like, please don't ring. And it would ring, and I'd pick it up sometimes. And the, the receiver would be covered in hydraulic oil. They would take oil from the – when you, you raise the cherry picker, oh, yeah, there's know. oil all yeah. down those pistons. They would take it and wipe it on the receiver so that when you picked it up, just oil running down Ugh. your – and they would they would go to the other side of the room and call that line, knowing, and they could walk, see who we get, and they'd reel you in, and that was their game there. And I was like, this is, this is a toxic workplace. Literally, the oil is toxic. Yeah. Um, but so I just think I don't want to be that. Some of y'all are like these are good ideas. Somebody's <laughs> <laughs> taking like, notes right they now. They are. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that that we haven't done a lot of pranking. Um, in our I don't think you could take it. No, no, it's again, it's, it's just a waste of energy. You know, in my therapy and in my recovery, the two, this thing came up in both. Yeah. Uh, avoidable pain. 
Okay. Things that could be avoided are like my trigger. Right. Like, if something happens you can't avoid, right. I mean, quite honestly, I probably better with a I – mean, I'm trying to be insensitive here, but you know, if, if, a, if something – an ice storm comes and my car slides into a ditch and it's, and it's totaled. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can't, I can't control an ice storm. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Um, but like if there is something, if, if, if I happen to be looking down the other way and slide into a ditch when yeah. I should have been driving, you know, then now right. not only is it avoidable, but I'm responsible. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's like um, – that's like for me, I don't want to be it, – it's about avoidable pain. So pranking is avoidable pain. <laughs> you and you're like – right. And the risk of like hurting people, you don't right. want to ever hurt. You want to do, do no harm. That's a ministry kind on, of concept every, as well as medicine. I see every spill on every floor and think someone's going to fall as it is. Yeah. So the idea is going to go too far and right. someone's going to get hurt. You know? Yeah. Well, these are really nerdy things we're saying. That's I mean, okay. You're but, proving the point that maybe not as fun as I thought. I think you're uh, fine. I listen. It's not a. It's not an insult. I just you know. It's I just, just the truth. I just want you to think about it for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> See again. I enjoy the words. See, that's fun. fun for me. What yeah. you just said that was fun. What's well, funny? You mentioned that you talk about this stuff to your therapist because I don't know how to tell you this, but uh, your therapist isn't real. I hired him. <laughs> it's been a long. It's, been it's a, a long, long con. A long con. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing because uh but like even in gym class i remember gym class i was so uneasy and unsure of myself and that's where like pranks live or like just yeah. hazing in general like i'm gonna go pants this kid or i'm gonna yeah. throw a dodgeball as hard as i can at his face so i can make a girl laugh like that's the that's where that stuff grows in you and those those apprehensions begin to start growing where you're like i don't ever want to make somebody feel this way yeah and uh i did by the way and i tell you i did this event in texas it was my last event of the year in early December, and it was um, the Texas. It was called t- Tapered, and I was like, "What oh, wow, is, is this? A long yeah, acronym? The longest acronym ever. Texas Association or acrostics, of acrostics. Te- yeah, acronym because it's uh, yeah, acrobat. Anyway, <laughs> Texas Association of Physical Health Education, Recreation, and Dance. Wow. Yeah, they threw dance in there. That's so. They had me come to their conference. In Corpus Christi, Texas. And dance? And dance. But didn't end with an E-D? It's a tapered. T-A-P-H-E-R-D. So it just left off the and. Well, it's... Because then it would have been tamperad. I, I, listen, I'm not going to speak to their acronym and what it could have been. This is an irresponsible acronym or acrostic, whichever it looks like it is. It Tafford, actually. Tafford. Anyway. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, they were super cool, but I was a little bit apprehensive because... And I thought, well, my gym class stuff will work here. But she goes, this is why, because there's a lady named Sandy Kimbrough who's great. And she's a listener to the show. So I, literally, I got this event because yeah. of the podcast. Yeah. I don't know if that's ever happened before. Thank you, Sandy. Like, there are people who go, oh, I'll check out your podcast. I like your comedy. She wanted to check out my comedy because of the podcast. How do you like that? I like that a lot. So thank you, Sandy. So she brings me in, and I'm a little bit, okay. And I thought, well, I've got these gym class stories and gym class jokes that'll work. And then she was like, oh, they're going to kill. But she sent me a note. Do not refer to these people as gym teachers we don't teach gyms we mm, teach children that's true okay and so we are we're we're physical health teachers or phys ed teachers and she might as well have told you yeah call them gym teachers yeah how did you because now uh, now it's out there and you're well like, and i've been saying these jokes 500 times the same yeah. way so i had to get in a rhythm of like okay it's pe teacher pe teacher pe teacher and a couple of times i think i said gym teacher and then i had to be like i know you're not and that was kind of funny like making yeah. you know playing off the awkwardness of it but but it was good but it does take me back and i i kept thinking like they they're seeing me now because i'm i'm so vulnerable and i wonder if these pe teachers look at me like what a beta male I'm looking at here. Like, yeah, now right. he's like working out his vulnerability in front of us. It's even worse. Right. It's one thing to not be good at dodgeball. It's another thing to be like in your 40s talking about how bad you were at dodgeball. Yeah. And like thinking that's going to bring some kind of healing. Well, it did, John. <laughs> I got news for you. <laughs> I feel terrific. I never felt more alive. You know, and that's interesting. I'm the one when I, because, you know, said he plays a lot of sports. And so I, I do observe a lot of coaches, you know, and I have a lot of friends who are coaches. Yeah. And, uh, and all the friends who are teachers and those things. And obviously I worked and you and I both worked with kids for mm-hmm. so long. There's a lot for me observing about what an adult, how an adult interacts, not just with the kids, but in that environment. Yeah. And how much of it, I think there's no doubt for me, being a youth pastor was a way to be one of the cool kids probably 
That's not why you do it. Yeah. But there's a but way. But it's built in. It's, it's wired in. To, not, not a cool kid, sorry. To remain a kid, though, longer. Oh, I see. Like, you're in a kid's world, so, like, yeah. you don't get to go to camp anymore when you're 21 unless you're a leader or a pastor. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? For sure. But if you enjoy those things and you see the value of them, then it's a way to sort of extend yeah. that those experiences. Now, when you start living vicariously through the kids, that's when you've gone too far. Like, you know, yeah. you don't need to make them into something that you didn't accomplish. But I just wonder sometimes if, you know, in, in teaching situations, coaching situations, you know, it's just interesting. And I think they're heroes, those who work with kids and, and teachers. Oh, yeah. Teachers right now, like in Wilson County, are so underpaid. It's unbelievable. Uh-huh. In fact, there was a there was a, a thing with one of our organizations, a great organization, saying, hey, we want to get all the, organ- all the community organizations, including churches, to put on their marquees, we support Wilson County teachers. Yeah. And, well, we don't have a marquee. Yeah. That's one of the key things. That's one of the marquee things that we did, Johnny. Right. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't put a marquee. Yeah, because we don't want to have the responsibility of that. But I really, and I don't mean this like in a snarky way, I was very much like, maybe instead of us saying that we love our Wilson County teachers, maybe we should go like lobby for them to actually get paid a decent wage. Right. Because we're one of the lowest paid counties in the state. Like, we lose teachers to Metro and to Williamson County all the time. So you're now currently lobbying. You've become a lobbyist. I've, Johnny, I'm not, I've not done anything about it. No. Except go to my own podcast to millions of people to say that I love Wilson County teachers. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I don't mean, Wilson County listeners we have, but hey, if you can. No, I do. I do think like, you know, the, the key to it would vote be. Vote yes on Amendment 8 or whatever it is. We don't know what to. Make it, make it where you can make more money enough to, to do yeah. this, but. No, I I just think I'm trying to be careful here. It was I, I don't know the motivations of other people, adults who work with with teens and stuff. But it man, is man, it was it was interesting because I knew it was going to be a different swath of people that I'm looking out on. I'm like, okay, some of these are college, yeah, uh, PE teachers or coaches, yeah, and some of them are dance teachers and instructors. Which I got nothing for that. I don't know. I did say that I remembered. Uh, I said some. I made some offhand joke about. Uh, you know, I, I was the kid. I was a weird kid. And then I talk about like, when everybody flipped the parachute up, I didn't know to run under. You know, I was trying to make a reference to the old parachute game. <laughs> right. I said, did we still do that? And a few people nodded. Like, oh, yeah, we still do the parachute game. Like, evidently, that's still a staple. They and, were nodding as they were laughing or just nodding? Uh, oh, that's, yeah. Hesitancy speaks volumes. Yeah. yeah. That's when the show started. <laughs> like a parachute. coming. It was. It was a parachute yeah. coming down like my career. That's fun. <laughs> I don't know. But it was. It was like I was kind of apprehensive but they were so great and they gave me a star you know some people like i do events sometimes and they'll be like we've got a coin and they'll coin you yeah and they give you a coin with their logo on it they had a star it was called the tapered star nice it's a little award and it was like i don't know in recognition of my what if i hadn't what? done well they always give you these cards before sometimes before i go on have you ever had this happen when you speak somewhere where they there's a card a pre-made thank you card thank you john so much for being here just your your gift has meant so much to our people and you're like you wrote this in Before, advance yeah yeah right? no. there's a lot of confidence yeah. going into it you're like look this hey. has to work yeah so I, they already had this plan to give me a star. i wonder if i had bombed if they'd been like uh, just put it back because yeah, they the pulled me aside it, after yeah. they were like hey before you go and they did it in front of everybody and everybody clapped I was like, I wonder if she was like had that cupped in her hand, like, all right, let's see how he does. I want to go speak at tapered if it's educators. That you should speak at tapered because tapered. I was an educator. Sandy, let's make it happen. And I'm sorry, I made fun of the acronym. I'll come back too because I only did like 30 minutes. Like, so I'll like, come back and I'll do another. You know my my uh, just keep breathing book. Yeah, I did some educational things with that because it's non faith based. Right. I think God's mentioned once in Reggie's story in there, but he was a p- Christian publisher, but, but uh, yeah. we wrote it for teachers right. and for kids in situations. But yeah, that, my heart for teachers, my dad was an educator for, you know, 40 years or 35 years. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, in Metro schools. So. Well, let's get this Wilson County thing rolling. I Guys, I, 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 I think I can publicly say, I, I think Wilson County teachers should be paid more. This, listen, uh, there's a lot of empty stockings this time of year. Come on. For Wilson County educators. And it's it's upsetting to me. Yeah. Do you do stockings at your house? You know, we used to and we don't now. Really? Like we didn't you've got wear, a, we didn't even wear them. You've got a great mantle though at your house. <sighs> you know, Johnny, passing along this mantle is a heavy thing. You you're wasting mantle space. Well, we do use the fire some. Maybe she's afraid it's gonna catch on fire. <sighs> is this your fear of I don't know. I asked her about damage it that day. you can control, pain that you can foresee. 
I think that the previous stockings were of a certain decor. Oh, okay. And I don't think we have that decor anymore. So there's a lot of there's a lot of like thought that goes into the decorating. I was thinking the other day, what like Christmas is about kids. We know that. Right. Christmas is about like being excited for what you're going to get or, yeah. or just the spirit of the season. And then you start to lose it slowly. But then when you have kids, you can kind of get back in that. Like you said, being a youth pastor, you can kind of stay in that excited kid mode. Oh yeah. Having kids. So when you have you kids, feel, you're like, Christmas yeah. is a big deal again. So like kids today want all this techie stuff. It's some expensive stuff. Yeah. But when I was a kid, I was trying to remember what is my favorite Christmas gift that I ever got? What do you think your favorite Christmas gift that you ever got was? Like, give me a couple that you were like, this is it. It's going to sound cliche, but my Red a, Rider BB gun. A book. <laughs> <laughs> no, my Red Rider BB gun. Okay. Like, yeah. You really got one. Yeah, they had them. That's a thing. Well, you, I mean, Did they make them for the movie? Probably. So it's a prop, basically. I mean, they. well, that was a real BB gun. And you didn't shoot your eye out. No, so that's. I did shoot a bird one day, and I think I cried. <laughs> I was like, "Oh no!" It's like I want to get that bird. He always, she never had hit him, and one time I hit him, and I was like, the feeling of I just shot an innocent bird that you can't eat or anything, just for no reason, you know. He probably was fine. He dropped and probably flew away later. Is that what you want to? <laughs> what happened is you ran into the house crying. As a little kid, like I, yeah, I just, yeah, I just maybe took a bird life. So, which even again, I wasn't really that sensitive on those kinds of things. Yeah. Except, again, that was avoidable pain. Come Oof. on, yeah. If you're hunting, that's fine. But I wasn't really hunting, you know. So, man, um, you were too good of a shot. You know, hey, you had a marksman. I was always, You're I, a natural. I was actually a pretty good shot always. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that? I know that's surprising. No, I don't. But it was. You shot the bird's eye out. So I shot. Listen, I would shoot the bird you all should, the time. <laughs> man, I'll tell you what. You've had a very sordid path. <laughs> so Red Rider, yeah. I remember I got a television for my own room Ooh. one year. I'm a little surprised your mom let you have a TV in the room because that's a Yeah, mom was protective. She was very, yeah. Mom was uh, old school Pentecostal, like on the legalistic side. So she was probably terrified. But also probably she trusted me. I think I was 13. So maybe there was a thing of like, well, look. You know, we had cable, but it wasn't like we had any channels that I could have watched anything, Yeah, you know, that she didn't want me to watch. But, uh, I mean, I did a lot, but uh, <laughs> she didn't know. No, I got that. So that was that was a big deal. And I think about now, it's just, it's a given that your kid will have a, a television and a computer in their room. Sadie does not have a TV. Really? Room, but she does have a computer. You have the family TV. She comes to you our room. You have to come in the family room. She comes in our room at night. Oh, she comes in your room. Like right now, we're in season five of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So you have your own TV. You didn't think you didn't think about getting Sadie her own TV. Well, she already has a TV in her hand all day long. Yeah, but that's a tiny screen. Yeah, but it's not the size of the screen in this your hand. This is why kids are it's all lurched over now. the of the hand in your screen. Wait. That's the way that, that's why kids are all lurched over now. Because they're watching those screens. Her, like, we have limits on our screen time as it is. But you've not limited your screen time. Actually, I do limit my screen time. But you've got a TV in your room, and she doesn't. I think it's a double standard. I think that let's she's talk not about, an adult. That's talk true. About it is a double standard. So, so you think televisions are for adults? I think that I... This is like alcohol. I think... I, You're like, when you have to, can handle the responsibility of a television, I'll let you know. Well, here's the deal. I get all of my homework done without having to be told. Mm-hmm. Kids can't. Oh, you think if she would just goof off. Kids but with can't it, but do she's that. got the phone in her hand, she's goofing off. Anyway. I clean up my clothes that I haven't to be told. Yeah. Like, at some point in time. This feels like we've taken this moment to scold Sadie go, <laughs> for no reason. I, I said kids in general, though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to add more distractions. Like, All hey, right. plus, plus, I don't. This is something I do believe about television. Yeah. Like, I'm, I will watch The Office or whatever by myself. But, like, television really is for. for me, it's become, and I, I believe, and last night it may be evident that I'm not, but I'm what we call a one-to-one subtype. I still believe in one-to-one subtype. So you have you have a self-preservation subtype, you have a one-to-one, and then you have a social. Yeah. And it's sort of just sort of the way you interact. You could be any type, but you have those subtypes. Right. So generally, like I'm about my family or a close-knit group of friends. And so um, I don't enjoy things by myself very much. I like being alone. Yeah. I like sort of recharging alone. But if I'm going to have an experience, I want to have it with a few people. I don't yeah. want them to be strangers or people I don't know that well. Yeah. Then I won't enjoy them. But like Sadie and I watching Fresh Prince of Bel-Air mm-hmm. and laughing together, that's a shared experience Yeah, that like enriches us. Even though it's something silly and dumb. Or they may, quite honestly, it was a little more 
it was it was a a little more edgy yeah than i thought than i remember right but it's just that's another opportunity for conversation with her mm-hmm. and so yeah i would rather her not be in her room watching a screen and me in my room watching like i'd rather us like if we do this at night before bed like hey we're gonna watch something well and families used to have the family computer if you're mm-hmm. gonna be on the computer you're gonna be in the den and we're all going right, to see what you're doing. Especially to protect kids from, yeah. Well, part of that, too, was everybody was broke. We couldn't afford but one computer. Right. I didn't have a computer until I was in my 20s. We just didn't have computers. But I probably didn't either. Uh, no, I did in college. Yeah. But. but, like, yeah, I can see that. Well, this shows. what do you think this show is? It's one-to-one with an audience. That's weird, right? Like, this we're show? experiencing these conversations together one-to-one. Yep. But now, but then we're broadcasting it. Someone told me this week, who's an avid listener, that... They feel like they hang out with us every week. That's cool. That they're in on the conversation. We just don't know it. Yeah, that's good. That like the whole that's time ideal. they're kind of interjecting even their own thoughts and stuff because it, it triggers something. I thought it was very cool. That's what you want. I don't so, know what I am. Comedy's weird too because like Seinfeld talked about this about how he he's doing a show. He's recording his Netflix special two years ago. And one of the first things he says was, um, this is the first conversation I've had all day. Because oh, wow. he's very introverted. He does like t- transcendental meditation and stuff to wow. focus. Like he really does TM for 30 years. He's been doing it. That's how he kind of stays centered. He does TM. So he's like, I, I've, you're the first conversation I've had. He goes, but like, I don't know how to, he goes, I can't, what do you say? I can, I can't talk to any of you, but I could talk to all of you. Nice. I thought that was a really interesting way to put it. Like Jerry Seinfeld's not a very like people person. Yeah, he's a little bit smug and a little bit just robotic. Yeah, but on stage he can talk to two thousand people and they go, "Yeah, I get that." He's 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 nailing my experience as a human. Usually, observational comedy. But if you were to like get him get him alone in the back of the room, he'd be really awkward at small talk. With yeah, you. well, it's not a conversation with a group of people. Yeah, like I, there is a different comfort level I have when I'm speaking to the to the whole church or to a whole group of people. Yeah, because I don't have to interact. Mm-hmm. I can go wherever I want to go. But that's true about the. That's interesting about the show. And I, and as I've had a couple of clips on social media, uh, go like whatever, whatever you call viral. Now I don't know if viral really what it means. It's like mega church used to mean a thousand. Now mega church has to be like five thousand or right. whatever. But viral used to mean like a million views or whatever. Is so mega I've had church a, a Decepticon or Optic? It. Uh, uh, I can't Autobot. remember. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, you have to listen for the theme music. Okay. Sorry. But anyway, I can't remember how many views it got, but I've had a couple of videos get like way past my normal audience. And when that happens, you get weird comments. Yeah. You get really good comments, but you get weird comments or people that want to leave three comments in a row telling you their life story. That's law, a weird, law of averages. Yeah. You're that's fine. Get, yeah. But it's kind of an, a jarring thing. And you realize what I thought was a monologue is actually a dialogue. Yeah. And so on social media, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. And even your act, if you're doing it right, it's a dialogue because their laugh is their part of the show. Sure. But then sometimes you get somebody that wants to contribute other things. And that's what you'd call a heckler, you know, right. even if they're not saying mean things, they're they want to affect the show. They're, they're affecting the show. And, or they want to be in. I want to be part of the show. Yeah. And uh, you have to kind of be like, all right, how do I handle this? But with social media, yeah, you're right. It's part of it. And you have to be OK with it. Yeah. I think speaking. It's like they are – it is a dialogue, but you don't get to see what they wrote down in their notes. Yeah. Or you don't get to hear what they told their spouse. Right, the what they home. say at lunch. Yeah. Right. So like you know – you hope. Like what was that all about? <laughs> John's come off the rails. I, you know, I, I, there is that – I think since of, as I get older, I get – when I get done speaking on a Sunday at church, like we've created more of a culture where – it's no longer about how well the person spoke that day yeah. or didn't, which is a lot of American church culture. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, like, and, but I'm at a place in life where I go, I, I know what I just talked about mm-hmm. because it was biblically based or whatever. Generally, we're in a very vulnerable space. You know, yeah. we're, we're integrating other tools, whether recovery or other things. We're leading it towards authenticity, being genuine, sincere. We're leading towards a place of being willing to be open about your need for grace. Yeah. And like that, you know, that shame is removed in Christ and all these things. So I'm, I'm really confident that if those things were communicated, then the job was done well, Mm -hmm. even if I wasn't the best speaker that day. And it's a really weird, like instead of caring 
that like that weight or that mantle, as you said earlier, mm-hmm. so to carrying that weight of I have to make sure that my delivery is perfect. It's almost like if if you know your jokes are good, yeah, then it's less. It doesn't matter if you nailed the delivery because the joke will carry. I feel that way about the gospel a little bit now. Like I didn't know, and like a lot of evangelical preachers don't know. Like actually, the gospel is the is the thing. Yeah, not not my delivery of it. Um, I need to learn to deliver it in a way they can understand it better. Yeah. Not understand me better. I want them to connect with me so that they'll listen to that. Uh, but in the end, like I, cause I think these guys, I know I did for years. It's like American church is built around hitting a home run from the stage every week. Yeah. You got to have yeah, the best show of your life every well, week. Could you imagine? Yeah. And we have a whole generation probably of pastors who think they have to have like a Ted talk every week. That's got like, all this beginning, middle, end that's perfect, wrapped up with callbacks oh, yeah. and and um, they're yeah they're thinking about the skeleton of it more than the content. They're thinking about all right, I got to make sure that I have a moment where I call back to this, and I got to make sure that it's got three of these. Yeah, well, that's to, to the previous point. Then I, what I really want is is did uh, through the rest of your week, did you return to that verse? Did you return to that truth? Yeah, you know. And in that respect, I mean, we, we believe the Spirit's the one who's really taking those things and doing something in you with them. So if if you're mulling it over, you know, spending more time on it, yeah, you know, it's not going to be just because someone's a good speaker. I mean, maybe that gift or that role was used for that to that yeah. end. But you know, I do get a lot less compliments because mm. I've I think I've talked enough about like, hey, I, I, this is not a place where we want you to feel like that. What the pastor did was. You know, and then and then I had to deal with the fact that no one's walking up right. anymore, going great sermon, like, yeah, mission accomplished. And I'm like, okay, that's what we want, though. Like this should be normal because there's some Sundays I go, man, I felt really good about that, right? You know, uh, and I'll still ask my wife, mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm not asking because I'm sh- I'm fishing. I don't want any. I'm not. I really don't care on that level. But was that like just incomprehensible? you know, jargon that didn't hit at home at all. Or and then she just wanders off. Right. She's like, whoa, boy, look at the time. Uh, yeah. And then she goes, <laughs> I've really got to take this. I got to go she's... stop. Uh, I got to shop on Amazon for stockings. Uh, yeah. 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 So, yeah, it, it, it but I just want to know, like, did, did I, was it clearly? Yeah. Was it and understandable? Will she give you the straight? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She'll be like, hey, you know, you, we need, will. You need to start looking for other jobs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> believe me. <laughs> I've asked that. Like, look, do I just need to hang this up? Oh, like, don't, John, don't, don't go there. No, Come on. no, no, no. Like, hey, I'd rather know now. Don't, let's not go another 20 years. Yeah. 20 it, years? That's what I'm saying. I'm only. Yeah, it's amazing to me you think you're going to live 20 more years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just about to turn. How old? Do you know how old I'm I don't know, but we had breakfast together. You so. saw. <laughs> it's okay. I'm taking a, a higher dose Lipitor now. So oh, it's well, that's all good. good. It's all good. It moved from like 10 to 40. So that's almost 30 more. You know, John, we're running out of time, but I think it's time for us to unveil our new weekly segment called Talk About Then. I enjoy this because it's this week in history, mm. and we get to kind of talk about some cool things that have happened uh, uh, this week and years past. Uh, lore, if you will. Mm. Uh, well, it's only lore if it's fake, right? Is it? Folklore well, means like it's a uh, made-up story, like a fable. Well, these are not fables, John. These are real. Uh, we might make them into fables. You know what? This one is kind of a fable because the first one is uh, December 21st, 2012. The Mayan end of the world. Remember that? The Mayan calendar? Wow, yeah. Remember the big panic? That's as far as it went. That's as far as it went. And it could just be like the guy got tired <laughs> with the chisel or whatever. <laughs> but we're like, we drew some big conclusion from it of like, they knew something we don't know. Right. Uh, when really it's just a guy who's like, look, I'm done. Yes. There's no way there's people no are going to live longer long, than, yeah. Right. And they had no clue that we, we were just getting started. Come on, man. Uh, but yeah, so that didn't happen. But I remember there, there was even movies about it. Yeah, hey, if you guys didn't know, that didn't happen. So yeah, we're, we're still even, yeah. we're still around. Uh, so that was that was uh, 2012, uh, and luckily we're still kicking. Ten years later, Elvis meets Nixon. That oh. was a big thing. Remember the big handshake and the I don't remember. I mean, I don't remember it. It was 1970. Yeah, you weren't born yet. But uh, the king of rock and roll met with U.S. President Richard Nixon. Elvis was wearing a purple velvet suit. This guy. He's like, I'm going to the White House. But in 1970, that's just a, fine. Hold on. A gold belt. This wow. is the best. A Colt 45 pistol. 
He carried a pistol? Into the Oval Office. And they let him do it. Yeah. Uh, Elvis claimed to have done an in-depth study of drug abuse and communist brainwashing techniques and wanted to lend his assistance. So that's one of the reasons he was there. It was a... He thought he was, was helping. a goodwill... Maybe he was helping. Well, I, I don't know about his in-depth study of drug abuse. <laughs> Jeez, <man. laughs> I, got, I got problems with have that. Have you seen the new Elvis movie? No. I haven't Is it either. good? I need to check it out. I haven't either. Uh, the one, Tom Hanks, right? Doesn't he play uh, Colonel Parker? Colonel Colonel, Colonel, I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, he asked Nixon for a Bureau of Narcotics and Dangerous Drugs badge to add to similar items he had begun collecting and to signify official sanction of his patriotic efforts. So he asked for, like, government, like, authority. Like, he deputized me, basically, as... Uh, I wonder if it was like a let me be like a the more you know guy for America because I'm the king. I guess, but maybe he just thought, well, this is what I, this is what I need to do. I need to lend my platform to this. You know what? I remember the other joke of the day I wanted you to resurrect. It was the Elvis joke. What was it? it was, do I have an Elvis joke? used to have a... I wonder, you know, if every t- everything Elvis said, he said in that voice. And oh. you were like... So, you know, you get done with dinner and he's like, you know what? I'm going to go get me a piece of pie. No, John. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> like yeah. everything. I'm going to go. And you had like a series no, of No, that's an old... That's an old like Mark Pitta thing. That's not you. Mine. You never told me that. Yeah, that's not mine. You stole someone's joke? I didn't do it on stage. I just used to say it when we were hanging around. You said it to make me think that you were funnier than you were. <sighs> wow. It worked. This is... <laughs> Here we are, 25 years of friendship. Can't get out of it now. I know. All right. It's too late. Yeah, I know. It was Mark Pitta. He used to be a comedian in the 80s. and oh, He still is. But he used to have this bit about how like Elvis jokes were great because they just stop and start again. <laughs> and he was like, I wonder if Elvis really talks that way. So, nice. It's a great joke. Anyway. Okay. The first manned moon mission, if you believe that sort of thing, <laughs> happened December 21st, 1968. It's hard to believe. 68. Wow. Uh, Apollo 8. Uh, so we had, you had Jim Lovell, who was also on the Apollo 13 mission that almost was doomed, and yeah. then they saved it. That's yeah. Jim Lovell. Another Tom Hanks uh, character. Uh, yeah. Um, so when, I'm still fascinated. To, I still I believe the moon landing happened. And I'm also fascinated that we were able to pull it off. You know, I've met a, I've met a new class of conspiracy people who believe that the flights happened, but that the landing was fake. So that the, the, the landing was staged in a studio somewhere to make us all feel like it had happened. But the flights did happen. They just kind of went up in the air and came back. That's a different kind of a, right? That's a new, I don't know. It's a new version of, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, they orbited the moon on the 24th of 1968 and uh, returned to Earth on the 27th. While orbiting the moon, they also became the first humans to photograph the Earth rise. So they have photographs uh-huh. that they were there. They were orbiting the moon, photographed the Earth from the Did surface. you say the Earth rise? The Earth rise. That's wow. what it's called. That's what it's called. The little, as it guys. peaks over the edge Isn't of the... Isn't that what we want to happen in this world? <sighs> on anyway, Earth rise. if you believe that sort of thing. Okay. Uh, how about this one, John? The first feature-length animation with both color and sound. Disney's Snow White wow. and the Seven Dwarfs. 1937. I love those old movies, but the music, the 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 soprano choirs are yeah. so shrill. Yeah, Compared to the music that uh-huh. it came into. It's like it's coming out of one of those old Victrola horns. <laughs> it's just like yeah. so, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just over. But, but they're do you amazing. Ta- do you want to take a guess at how much it cost? To make? Yeah. Uh, or to watch. It was like a dime, I think. Yeah, probably a dime. Um, to make, I'm going to guess it cost $3 million. $1.5 million. Okay. And many in the film industry predicted it would flop and bankrupt the company. Wow. Which, as you know, did happen. Disney yeah, is really struggling. I've never heard of them. Instead, it grossed $6.5 million, making it the most successful motion picture of 1938, the most successful sound film made to that date. Wow. So they had the sound and the uh, animation, and that, that was like the key. They unlocked it. And Walt Disney always built upon success. Like, he kept taking chances. I mean, to move from there to eventually, yeah, you know, Disneyland, Disney World, these are not things you just step into lightly. Mm-mm. Like, these are major risks. Yeah, it's a, right. So every time he won, he would almost he to throw double down. all of it back in. Have yeah, to double down. Double down. Have to keep going. And that's, that's not me. I want to coast. No. I rest on my laurels. How can I stretch this out forever? How can I get some more laurels to rest on? Just put them in a pile. Right. Uh, The first crossword puzzle, 1913. Wow. Arthur Wynn appeared in the New York world. Uh, I can't believe. New York world's not even a thing anymore. It's like diamond shaped. If I could show it to you, it's like a, it's it's not shaped like a traditional crossword. It's kind of weird and funky looking. I would figure a crossword puzzle was like a ancient thing that we just picked back up. Mm -hmm. From the ancient Mayans, maybe. Yeah. 
Yeah. Maybe they were trying to tell us something. The first basketball game, December 21st, 1891. Naismith? James Naismith. Come on. You know what he was, though? Do you know where he developed the game? Okay. I didn't know this. Hold on. Where he was? I'm you just saying, like, what was his job? James Naismith. So he develops this game. He was a youth pastor. No, he wasn't. I was going to say he, he was great. like a camp director or something. He was a YMCA instructor. See, I was close. You were really close. I knew he was a teacher. Yeah, was He organized else. a game between his students in Springfield, Massachusetts. Wow. The original game used a soccer ball and a peach basket with the bottom still intact. So that's weird. You had to get up on a ladder. Wow. Eventually, they poked a, poked a small hole in the basket so they could use a stick to retrieve it. So he didn't even go to the hole. Like, Let's through. just let it go. He was like, but if we poke a small hole, we can... With a broomstick. Wow. And uh, he eventually added a net, I guess, or somebody did. So my friend Jeff McCord was the place kicker for the University of Kansas. Okay. And he said, it was funny, he said they were at, going back for a game, and they went into like the the Wall of Fame area right. of Kansas, and it was like Naismith and Wilt Chamberlain mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And then, like, his wife and his son were there, and they're looking, and all of a sudden, Jeff, their dad, is on the wall, the team, from, like, 1990-whatever, Yeah, because they won their bowl game. Yeah. He goes, there's only been, like, three Kansas football teams that have ever been to a bowl game and won. Yeah, he goes, right. so it makes it automatically. You're right. on the you're wall in, of fame. You're on the wall of fame. You know? So, interesting you say Naismith, because I just heard that. He's like, we're next to Wilt Chamberlain and James Naismith. It's pretty good. It's pretty good company. That's, yeah. The thing I remember about old football footage is when they put the goalpost right at the goal line, uh-huh. and then at some point they moved it. People always running into well, that yeah, thing. It's a big pole right in the middle. Yeah. You're yeah. just asking for it. Just go across the middle and take a pole to the I face. I guess, though, it was a 10-yard shorter kick back then. Right. It was yeah. an actually, if you're on the 30-yard line, it's a 30-yard kick. Now yeah. it's a 37-yard or whatever, because right. you've got to go back. Well, you've got to go back then from the line of scrimmage as well. And add ten, So it's 17 yards I, more. Is it 17 or 15? It's 17. It's 17. It's 10 yeah. in the end zone. Right. And then seven yards back to yeah. give, give you clearance. Yeah. So if you're on the 30, it's a 47-yard kick. Yeah. But back in the day, it would have been, you'd go back seven yards, it'd be seven yards more. Yeah. But anyway, that's it, you'd see so many shots of like just all those old footage of just guys just taking it to the face. There's still been a lot of guys this year, even in Neyland Stadium, running into the brick walls. Yeah, we had that happen quite a few times. Yeah, like guys, be maybe careful we out extend there. Extend these fields. I don't know. Home Alone, really uh, premiered. You know what year? 1992. Good, good call. Is that it? Yeah. Wow, you did it. So this is the 20, 30 year. Wow, 30 year anniversary of uh, Home Alone. That was a random, maybe, maybe I'm a genius. I don't think it's that. <laughs> Macaulay Culkin, man, that guy was yeah. on a run, wasn't he? Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck. And then got home alone. Yep. And then he made a couple of, they made a couple of like, let's cash in on this kid. He did the Richie Rich. Yeah. I remember when I worked at the movie theater, there was one called Getting Even With Dad or something with him and Ted Danson that bombed. Well, he had a couple of Home Alone uh, sequels. Right. But he did, do you remember this one? Christmas of whatever 1996 the nutcracker he literally literally did the nutcracker ballet no and he was in it was he doing ballet i don't know but it did not i think 12 people saw it because the people it's like the venn diagram again the people who love ballet don't think macaulay culkin belongs in a ballet breaking into serious theater or something you know he was trying to yeah and uh it didn't go well i still think he did all right as oh long no! As they he's put their stu- his stuff in investments. He should. Be oh, fine. residuals. Yeah, he's yeah. doing okay. They show that constantly on a loop. Uh, uh, let's see. Sherman takes Savannah in the Civil War. Ooh, that's right up your alley. Yeah, he actually did. He burn the whole no. burned Atlanta and did he all burned that. Atlanta, but he saved Savannah. Oh, okay, that was like his gift uh, to. If I remember, it was like his gift to Lincoln was to not destroy Savannah. That's huh. why if you go to Savannah today, it's it's very much preserved in a way that a lot of southern antebellum cities are not because yeah. they were destroyed by Sherman's 600-mile-wide march of destruction from southern Tennessee to the Gulf of Mexico. That's just The only too, way to do it was to just burn everything. That's too much. Because, I mean, they'd been four and a half years into a war, a little shorter than that at that time. They just destroyed everything, and it was just total... Total mass destruction in order to win the war. I, I just think he went too far. Decimated the South. Okay, and finally, uh, film star, TV star, Kiefer Sutherland was born in 1966. Wow. On this week. Um, English-born Canadian uh, Emmy-winning actor. 
uh, English born. English born. Does that mean he's but born he's Canadian, in England, but I guess. Immig- immigrated to Canada? Yeah, he's, so maybe he's dual citizenship, perhaps? Maybe even triple? Uh, aren't you... Triple citizenship? Aren't you, Can you a do UK that? citizen either way? I don't know how that works. Is it, is it... Do you have a separate citizenship as someone who lives in England than you do if you live in other parts of the UK? That's a great question. Or are you just a UK citizen? Here's some key for trivia. He's worked the rodeo circuit, winning rodeos in Albuquerque and Phoenix. Since then? Since acting? Or before? He he has. I don't know. It just says he has. (laughs) I need more specifics. I don't know. Uh, Kiefer, if you're out there, be careful. Yeah. You know, it's a dangerous world in the rodeo. I should know. They can't get health insurance. So if you ever go to a rodeo or like a a PBA event, Professional Bull Rider Association, my wife's been to a few, which is interesting because she loves animals. And I'm like, they rope calves and do things that are like, it's not great. But... But it's just part of farming and stuff and, you know, being whatever. I'm not trying to be all on high horse about it. ranching. I think on a high horse is – that's also bad. Uh, <laughs> it's very I, dangerous. You stay low horse. on the horse. It's, be careful. But they do a thing where in the middle of the rodeo they'll be like – they pass like a offering plate. Or they show a QR code probably now and they go, hey, none of these guys can get insurance because wow. of their job. So – if they break their neck on this, but you're like, yeah, but you're on the bull. Like, I don't know how to feel about it, John. Like if, you, if podcasting could hurt me and then part of the podcast was asking you to help me because I'm doing a dangerous, right? you know, somebody runs in here every five minutes and tases me. Well, you shouldn't be podcasting. Right. Which is a weird thing. That's a weird podcast. Right. That's, <laughs> I mean, it'd probably get a lot of listens. Yeah. I, it feels because I do watch Yellowstone again, Don endorsing it. Yeah, just saying it does feel like a very it romanticizes that life a it little. It feels bit. like a very uncowboy thing to do, but I understand why they do it. I don't. I want people to have health care. Oh, you mean they should just be like? Mm. But they, yeah, like rub some Kevin, dirt Kevin on Kevin Costner it. would be like, hey, yeah. I don't think. Well, I think maybe his character would. Kevin Costner, the actor, would be like, uh, he'd, <laughs> he'd be really upset. <laughs> Somebody carry into his trailer. <laughs> Oh, man. He plays a rugged person very well, but he's been in Hollywood long enough. He's probably got soft hands. <laughs> Let me just say. He moisturizes. Let me tell you something. Harrison Ford, he's pretty old now. Yeah. And he's still terrific. Oh, yeah. He's still terrific. Well, and they're both handsome guys. You know, that's the thing. Uh, that's the big double standard in Hollywood is like men are allowed to age. Yeah. You know, and they have laugh lines and they have, you know, it's like, but women, it's like you're 40. They put you out to pasture. Again, more farm references. Wow. And it's not fair, John. Well, they do do a good job there of the female co-stars or the female stars, and they're the co-stars. Yeah. I mean, uh, is it – oh. Well, Faith Hill was a really good actor. Like, that's her first – you know, uh, Tim McGraw had acted. Right. But that was He's really been in uh, Friday Night Lights and some other things. And they played a married couple in 1983. Got to. I thought she was terrific. Like, I thought Did she Did you was... feel the chemistry and the sizzle there? Yeah, I mean, well – Yes, it was more like about their kids, you know, yeah. and, and their journey. And he was a former Confederate soldier, right? Um, but she, I mean, it it was a, it's rugged, and they're like helping a group of, um, where have they? Where were they immigrants from? I want to say might have been German immigrants. Yeah, I'm sorry, it may it may be one of the nations around there who are trying to get to Oregon. Mm-hmm. They're trying to cross literally the continental United States. I mean, and they're just dying in by the droves. I mean, snake bites and you know, uh, there, there's then the Donner Party happened in Oregon. Wasn't that no? I don't. You know what? I don't know a lot about. Was that Oregon? I think it might have been. <sighs> Sorry, that's not a thing I've studied. Snake a ton. bite would have been preferred to that. Well, but there's like there's still there's wars going on between yeah. you know indigenous nations sure. in the United States during that time. I mean, there's all kinds of things, but. I thought she did a great job. I mean, really, really, in um, across the board. In fact, a lot of that show is focused more on the female characters. I'm going to check it out now that you've endorsed it. I'm not endorsing it because it's got stuff, guys. I'm saying it's not something. Back to Johnny's previous point, like I wouldn't let my kid watch it right now. You're such a coward. It's. You think maybe I've just have a just have a take. Maybe I've compromised and just live with it. I can't, Johnny. That's okay. sort of the whole thing. Like this morning, we were at IHOP for breakfast in. And I was going to order what I always get, right? the spinach and mushroom omelet. But you said, no, I'm branching out. I'm getting something else. Johnny, you order. And then you ordered. And she came back to me. And I go, spinach and mushroom omelet. I got overwhelmed by the menu. She looked disappointed in you. <laughs> she was like, I already wrote this down and scratched it out once. Right. And you wasted, now, you're wasting my time. Yeah. She was like, you want the fruit? And I was like, because she knows me. And I was like, no, I want the pancakes. Because that's where we are right now. And then she was like, I'm spitting in these. You know that. <laughs> 
You're like, yes, like, yes, ma'am, I understand. Sir, I'm looking at you. You should get the fruit. I was like, oh, wow, uh, that's bold <laughs> but, and true. Um, and you know what, listener? We hope that you have found the entire podcast to be both bold. And, fruit, and fruitful. And true. Oh, yeah. I was going to say fruitful. <laughs> you should go check out our other other episodes, though. Talkaboutthatpodcast.com or wherever you get your fine podcast. Yeah. Yeah, or your not-so-fine podcasts. That's Just, you know, that's fine, too. Whatever. Uh, go go check it out, and uh, check out Johnny's link tree, and, uh, or just go to johnnyw.com. There's mm-hmm. all kinds of amazing stuff there. He's got clips going out all the time that uh, are fun to watch, fun to share. You should share them. Uh, new tour date's going up, too, so you can come see me live. I'd love to say hello. Oh, yeah. To all of our great He's listeners. He's got a lot of shows coming in 2023 that uh, you're going to be a part of, so... Uh, got some. I always got book stuff going today. I'm I'm uh, behind me. I'm um, promoting more than your number by Beth McCord and Jeff McCord, good friends of mine. Uh, best Enneagram stuff. If, if you're new to Enneagram, go check out more than your number. You can get it at Amazon or anywhere. It really is worth your read, and the reviews are amazing, amazing about this book. Uh, so check it out. We also want to take just a second to thank our team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on this podcast. Uh, if you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other great. Pod- Podcasts on their network, and they got shows about all kinds of different stuff. So check out lifeaudio.com. We thank you for spending the time with us today that you did, and we'll see you next week on Talk About That. Hello, my name's Rachel Carmen, and I want to invite you to come over and listen to my podcast. It's called Real Refreshment. For years and years as a young mother, I chased after the wind, thinking that the world could offer me the refreshment I longed for. But it was only when I discovered it in the person of Jesus Christ that I really found refreshment. Come on over and join me as we dig into Bible study. I'll see you there.